Elisal Chit Chats aims to make information available for everyone. The podcast transcripts are on elisalchitchats.wordpress.com for the hearing impaired and those who'd like to read instead. Thank you for engaging. To this point, I feel like it's better if I play the film and then I add my commentary, which means, hmm, should probably do a YouTube channel. But no, <laughs> that's not my thing. That's not, I'm not comfortable, I'm not there yet. Hello, my name is Raineth and welcome to Illicit Chit Chat. It's Friday, which means I'm doing film. I always wanted to do this, so I kind of neglected saying why I decided to divide my podcast. I just felt like I needed to give you a chance to digest whatever I'm talking about since my first segment usually focuses on mental musings and just questions, you know? I don't want to say it's heavy, but it's like things you need to think about when maybe things about how you relate to the world. And then I just skip on over like, oh, hey, listen to this. Now I'm just going to give you the nitty gritties of the film industry and whatnot, which essentially wasn't what I wanted to do, but I just decided maybe I can spruce it up and I didn't know how to do because I usually write reviews on my blog. I was just like, uh, I don't know how to translate that into a podcast. But worry not, I'm back and to be completely transparent and honest with you, I am putting more effort into doing film commentary than speaking about, oh, this festival is coming up, this festival is what, what, what. I'll still mention that if there's a festival or if if there are submissions that you need to do that I know about, I will definitely talk about that. But right here is... I don't want to say my passion project, but which is it's something that I love to do, and it's to watch films and to it's to watch films and to talk about it. Essentially, people near me, I talk their ears off when I watch a film or something. Then I'm like, "What do you think about this?" And 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 and. But let me start. <laughs> so this will be off Fridays from now on, and I hope that you like it. This week on the audience perspective. So today's movie we're talking about after and after two. I had no idea about this film, right? So my baby cousin's sister, <laughs> I'll just call it that. She was like, "Oh, I was like, let's go for a movie," which is what I usually did when I wanted to hang out with her. I was like, "Okay, let's go for a movie and then let's go eat something." It was the weekend when Avengers came out. I think it was the last one if I'm not mistaken. I don't even remember, but she was like, "Everyone in my grade is going to watch Avengers this weekend and I really don't want to, but there is a movie that I want to watch and I'm going to be the first one of my friends to watch it." So I was like, "Okay, yeah, good. I don't want to watch Avengers either." Um she says so there's this movie after and I'm like okay interesting I read the synopsis and I was like well, all right all right that's how I got introduced to after was through her funny the movie came out last year and I was like do you want to go watch this by that time our lockdown levels had gone a little down and we could go to the cinemas and this girl she was like 
What's that? Um, it's the sequel to the movie that you so badly wanted me to watch with you on that day. And she's like, oh, wow, okay. And she was just all nonchalant. She didn't care about it. I don't even know whether she watched it or not. Okay, so we ended up not going to the movie. She was disinterested and didn't know what the movie is about. And then I saw the trailer somewhere. And I watched the trailer with my boyfriend and I was like, what? Whoa, I have to see this because it felt to me like whatever I told him about the first film and this film are two different things. How long have I been <sighs> been talking for five minutes straight? You see, this is why my things are scripted. So essentially, this will be... I think this will be more of an after we collided review rather than talking about the first film. But um, I came across what I wrote for after and it was extremely long and it read to me like something you should read. So if you want to read my thoughts on after, you can go on the blog, which is illisil.wordpress.com. There you can find, yeah, the things I do in my free time if I'm not doing this podcast. But I basically talk about how fandoms are problematic and how I wasn't really impressed with reading the book. I do enjoy films, but one thing that I do do, that I do love, are films that were adapted from books or films that are adapted into books. I'm gonna read the book anyway. So between re-watching after and watching after we collided, I read the book. I didn't finish the book. I won't I won't lie there because I couldn't read it. Uh, this is just this was just me basically talking about how what I felt about after as the film and how I felt after reading the book which is something that I think would be interesting and yeah, it deserves its own discussion episode. So So do 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 after oh yes i rewatched after with my partner <laughs> i i guess i just wanted to show him the film so after watching the first movie with my partner we decided to watch the extended trailer of the new film after we collided and our mouths hung to the floor <laughs> It was as if the story had gotten, like, it went from zero to a million. From innocent Tessa to, it's either you F me, Tessa. But I wanted to know how it got to that point. Also, I saw Dylan Sprouse and obviously I had to pay him a visit because it's been a while. So After Collided happens a while after the ending of After where Harden is completely shattered by what he had done and Tessa turns a new leaf starting an internship advanced publishing. I don't want to go into too much, you've probably seen the story, you've probably seen the film. What happens after that is that they come together and then they're trying to save the relationship but there are things that keep getting in the way. I don't want to spoil the whole thing but the ending of After didn't happen. <laughs> so yeah, it's basically a month later after everything has happened. And I had a lot to say. A lot, darlings. A lot. <laughs> so there's a recap in the beginning of the film where Harden tells the story of this young man 
and this young girl who fall in love. It says that she's in a relationship with someone and then she meets this dashingly handsome young man and this things that are wrong with him but she falls in love with him anyway and then I don't know what happens but emphasis on she knows of the things that are wrong with him yet she falls in love with him still so let's discuss so the first film ended there right so she found out about the dare and then that was it it was over and then he wrote her a letter and then she showed up at the lake so in this film it kind of goes into a super cut of that and then it shows that oh wait no y'all we fooled you this is not what happened which i thought was a pretty good thing to do because if if you end the film that way i literally said to my cousin this cannot be the ending like it's unsatisfying which means there's definitely going to be a second movie and by this time i didn't know that this thing has a sequel or that it has an, an entire line and series of films but here we are right so i quite like that they did it that way by ending the first movie like that and then recapping it like this in the second film so that was very clever i think the first one wasn't bad so i was keen on watching this one but i only wanted to watch this one because of the trailer i wanted to you know connect the dots of what's happening in the first film and the trailer of the second film and then he says this isn't that story so i'm like harden what the f you you lured me in dog like okay not really i like how we got into this ending the recap we see one month later and harden is in in his car and already here i've made up my mind that you know what this is harden's story and i'm good with that and this is not tessa's story because of the voiceover as well and then we see a contrast to where tessa is moving on with her life and immediately the troops start you know, like the meet cute with Trevor is the first one that I noticed. I have no interest in Tess. There's this thing that's called privilege and wishful thinking in fan fictions. And I know that because I used to be a fan fiction writer. A big time rush, vampire diaries, <laughs> gossip girl. So in a nutshell, let me just summarize the gist of a fan fiction. What looking back is actually wishful thinking of you putting yourself in that situation you as this random quirky character or whatever character with something special about you you're not a superhero but for some reason all the girls or boys seem to want you and then there's this one <laughs> this this one whether he wants you or not you always end up with him always so I accept that. I accept that of the film because this is what essentially happens in films anyway. Either they're going to end up with this person that they seem to despise or that they cannot get or they end up with the one that's longing after them. So this is a fanfiction about Harry Styles in case you didn't know and One Direction but Harry Styles is Harden and I remember watching this film and my partner was like why didn't they change the name to something that isn't even related remotely to Harden? So while we were watching the film he kept on saying look at what Harry Styles is doing and that just, ugh, it made me laugh, oh gosh. 
it just so happens that the main character, one way or another, is involved in some kind of love triangle. So I accept that. However, the problem I have with this film specifically is it's so in it's like unrealistic, in that Tessa gets everything. First of all, she hasn't been in college for a minute, and she already got an internship in Jani, cause. We have to finish university in order to get an internship. You have to show your paper that you, you know, you just have to have a degree already, a degree or diploma. So that's the first thing. And then second, she goes on a business trip, literally on the second day of work, and then she gets to go to a club. <laughs> Isn't she nineteen? But okay, I'm not. That's not something that I want to question because American teenagers seem to do everything that they want. They drink, they go to clubs, and all the adults are just like, okay. She also gets a car, and she gets the boy, and she gets somewhat of a love triangle, which also happened in After. Oh yes, and it's also another trope in this film. So right there, this girl has everything, and this immediately makes me not interested in her because, point blank, she's unrelatable. Then there happens to be this club situation. She got an internship to go to work at Vans Publishing, and then she is invited to a business trip with Trevor, their boss, and Candice King, who is, I think, Elizabeth in this film. Who is the boss's lover? <laughs> so she and Trevor gets this task so that they have to sway this person to fund the company or whatever. And this happens at a club. Now, I watched commentaries of this film, and most of them have one common thing. Okay, except the <gasps> fucking Trevor. Part. <laughs> the one thing that they do have in common, or the second thing that they have in common, is that they all talk about this little awkward scene, basically in a club. There are three girls, and one of them is like, "So, how many books have you written?" Which I found out that it's the author's cameo, and I feel like it could have been executed better because what are you talking about books for in a club? This event probably should have happened somewhere else, so that we establish the importance of Vans Publishing as a company, and what Trevor and Tessa are supposed to do. And then later we move to the club, where whatever task they had to do had failed at the actual event, gets to be rehashed here, where they get drunk with the person, and then you know we have fun, and then we make sense of okay. Tessa is hallucinating, and yeah. Meanwhile, Harden is at a party, and we see the gang is back. You know, <sighs> these people are so unlikable. Honestly, I was this a technique to emphasize or focus on the two main characters because it's not working if you're gonna make everyone around them completely unlikable. It, it just doesn't work. I would never hang out with these people. Maybe Steph. But I do like my villains to have something that's likable about them. So yeah, that happens, and then Harding gets a call. It's Tessa, 
who hallucinated that she saw him and she's drunk dialing and then there's that 50 shades moment where he's like i'm coming to get you which is completely justified because she's his ex in 50 shades of gray I don't know what that was. That was just stalkerish because he didn't know this random girl, but he was just like, I'm coming to get you. And then there's that, I can't stay away from you, which is essentially what happens in this thing. Except that in this movie, it makes sense. But yeah, okay, we're not going to talk about Fifty Shades. Anyway, carrying on. <laughs> How is that attractive? It's just a question. How is that attractive for a guy to scold you as if you're a child? As if you belong to him? Anyway. <laughs> I wanted to focus on the relationship between them as well. Because this is supposed to be the heart of the story. But the relationship is non-existent. They literally, they get back together. They have sex. They fight. They get back together. They have sex. They fight. And everything that happens in the film is made to get these two back in the same room. So nothing happens in the relationship. It doesn't progress. It doesn't deteriorate. It just, it's at a standpoint where we, we as an audience are a little confused as to what the heck are these two people doing together except having sex. The only moment where they seem like a couple without the intimate scenes is... When he writes in his notebook or book and she reads her Kindle. But then that's all thrown away. There's not even five minutes in the film. But that's all thrown away when they decide to go to the New Year's party where everything just goes to shit. <laughs> so what I notice with this film is that the main story is just not there. It doesn't work. But there are these random encounters with everyone else that doesn't make sense on their own, but they're actually what brings them together. We're watching the relationship in relation to whatever's happening around them instead of seeing what's happening in the relationship itself. But all in all, the film was funny to me. Like, it's more so I'm laughing because I don't know what's happening. There are moments where the film takes itself way too seriously but the way that the serious moments happen or the way that the scenes are executed makes it funny is it the acting i don't know because i don't think the acting is bad but i definitely know it's some of the writing i won't lie no like no let's not the film confused me because it felt different to the first film i quite liked the first film it made sense, you know. Like I said, it wasn't a movie that I would watch again. But I re-watched it so that I can watch this one and make sense of the two. What I found was that After We Collided is a whole different movie. Because to me, it feels like I'm watching four different characters. The two main characters from After are not the two main characters from After We Collided. And the genre that is after is not the same genre that is this one because the first film felt more serious whereas this one it was as if i don't know what they're trying but it was as if they were trying to be funny and it also feels like there's a lot of tropes like it consists of a lot of tropes 
instead of a story, it feels empty to watch this film. Like it feels like I, I don't know what's happening in this film. Why? What's happening? This film didn't feel connected to the first film, in a sense. Harden and Tessa from the first movie are definitely not Harden and Tessa from the second movie. I feel like I'm watching a couple that have been together for a long time, or had been together for a long time, and then they broke up, and then they saw each other and still have that love-hate relationship. Had they been in a longer relationship than they had in after, it would have made sense to me why the film is like this. That's not the only thing that's uncomfortable for me. Ish, I don't know. It feels to me like one month apart. It's not realistic for them to act like that around each other, because you don't know me like that. Not in the way, and we're not in the stage where I can call you out on your shit because I care. Right now, here with these two, I'm like, no, you guys don't know each other long enough to be able to do that. But I guess people's relationships are different. This story was supposed to be Harden's story. Like the only thing that was interesting about this film is his situation with his family. Tessa doesn't have anything interest happening to her. As I said, she gets everything. She gets a job. What? 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 And she's just there. If it were me, I would have made this movie from Harden's perspective instead of. Giving Tessa time, but there's nothing that's happening in her life. No character development, nothing. The only character development that takes place is with Harden and his situation with his family. But within the main story, there's nothing there from him. There's nothing there from Tessa. This should have been Harden's film instead of hers, because then it would have made more sense. Coming back to tropes, there's always that wisdom moment where. There's an epiphany, and then they realize that they have to change. So they're trying to do this in two parts that I've recognized. It's the horoscope that is read by Landon, which talks about Tessa being in a mature relationship and so forth. And then she also later gets advice from Trevor, saying that Harden won't change. They're pointless and misleading. Because that's the point where I'm like, okay, fine, development is about to happen, and Tessa's gonna have this epiphany. Instead, she ignores both of them and just falls back into the cycle of nothingness. And、I、understand why this film is considered to be toxic. It glorifies things that are wrong, that like you know, and the characters know that they are wrong, but they still stay in it. And I, com- I completely feel sorry for Tessa, because the pressure is put on her to make Harden a better person, while Harden is not trying all that hard to be a better person. So I feel like she feels like, oh, because he's a better person when he's with me. Then I just have to keep being in his life, even though he treats me like crap. And then he's trying to be better, yet he freaks out and throws tantrums, and she enables the behavior by coming back to him even after they had a fight. I mean, someone who tells you, "Oh, f you," no, 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 I understand that that happens. Which also comes back to me saying that I'm watching. Different characters now, like 
the Harden and Tessa that are in the first film are not the Harden and Tessa that are in this film. Because I feel like by now, she seems more mature. But it feels to me like the her from the first film would have said no to this type of behavior. So it doesn't make sense to me why she's perpetuating it. And now she's stuck in this one-sided relationship where he's not trying hard enough and she's allowing all these things to happen. These tantrums and, you know, things like that. This isn't normal, like it's played out like it's normal, but it's not normal. It's extremely toxic to be in a relationship like that because it's completely one-sided. Because she's just coddling him all the way while he's just being a jerk and not trying his best to heal or trying to cope with his issues. So all in all, it feels to me like these characters know exactly what's happening and are aware of themselves, but they're not doing anything about it, which is why there's no character development, which is also confusing why there's no character development if they see what's happening around them. It's not like they're not aware. I do believe that Tessa sees, and she has said it herself, that Harden has to work on himself and she doesn't trust him, but yet she's going back to him. And Harden says that he's trying to be a better person, but he goes about it wrong in that he's trying but he's still falling into the pattern of throwing tantrums and he said so himself when he promised her the perfect day where he wasn't gonna throw tantrums or snarky comments snarky comments was funny so i don't want to say that he's not trying to better himself he has bettered himself in the aspect of him and his family's relationship however when it comes to tessa everything's wrong in it because he says, I had to apologize so I can be better for you, but fate always comes in the way. No, it's not fate, dude. It's you. Like, you're getting in the way. <laughs> but yeah, all in all, I don't know, man. The film isn't something that I'd watch again. I'm also not going to give it a rating. I'm just going to leave it to you. If you haven't watched the film, I'm so sorry. I hate it when... I watch a film and I have this person's voice in my head or these things that I've read in my head. So it kind of influences how I see the film. <laughs> but if you've watched the film, let me know, like, are these things that you've realized and have seen within this film? If you've watched the film, of course. I hope you enjoyed this and let me know what you thought if you've seen this movie or if there's any film that you'd like me to talk about. Do try to send me mixed films. I try to talk about South African film as much as possible so that we can see what we're trying to say because I feel like in American films it's easy to look at it and be like they've set a way to tell films and there are certain things that they say that they keep saying in those are easy things to talk about, but when it comes to South African things, then how are we telling our stories? What are our essential tropes that relate to us, to our culture here in South Africa, but that is not influenced by American television and film? Anyway, I feel like I've spoken a lot and some of the things probably didn't make any sense and 
I will be with you next Tuesday, where we'll be talking about R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And bye, getting excited. <laughs> Take care of yourself, Seeds. Hi, Raineth here. Around the time that I started my podcast, I was told by someone that they wanted to start a podcast too, but they didn't know how. Well, it has never been this easy to share your thoughts with the world, certainly not in limited characters anyway. I joined Buzzsprouts because I wanted a podcast-friendly environment that will have the work that I do with every episode. I'm not looking back. Buzzsprouts is home to a hundred thousand podcasters. It's an ideal choice because not only do they give you detailed analytics to show how your podcast is doing, they'll give you tools to promote your episodes and an easily accessible podcast website where anyone can listen to your podcast. And because they think of your listeners' needs as well, the website will have a directory of where your episodes are available as well. If you'd like to try your hand at podcasting, Buzzsprouts is an option to consider. You can use the link in our description to check it out. You will get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan and in addition, help support our show.